Welcome to Girl Flower Podcast with Vic and Jess. We will be having conversations and inspirational chinwags with florists and growers to keep you company in your workspaces, in the car, over a cuppa or wherever you like to listen. We hope to help you along on your own floral journey. Hey gang, apology for the week's hiatus of our episodes. Unfortunately, my editing software went completely bonkers and it's only after an update and many hours of blankly looking and shouting at my laptop that it actually decided to play ball. So I'm very, very pleased to be able to finally edit a load of podcasts and get them out there. Whilst I have you here, have you had the chance to check out our book list yet? We have been saying for ages that we wanted to get a really gorgeous book list ready for you guys. Um, This includes stuff that Jess and I have on our shelves and also stuff that we have on pre-order that we absolutely can't wait to receive. And you can access this um, through directly through the link in our Insta, Insta bio. Um, there are a couple of really great books missing. So we've added separate links to them in our bio too. So please make sure you check it out. As a side note, these are actually affiliate links, um, but a donation goes to local bookstores. So we thought that um, that would be helpful and nice too. So yeah, if you fancy helping us out and helping out local bookstores, then please buy through those links. You can also access all of our episodes on there too. And there are direct links to listen on Spotify, listen on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really fruity, then you can buy us a coffee on a link too. So let's talk about this week's guest. This week, we're in conversation with Caroline Oleron of Cheerful Flowers. Caroline is a wedding and event florist and a purveyor and seller of beautiful things. I am all for those flowery oil paintings. And quite frankly, if I haven't got them, then I'm sure someone will have them up very, very soon. Caroline's beautiful studio is situated in an old coal yard and it's filled to the brim with creatives and even a gin distillery. Oh my God, isn't that the dream? We had such a brilliant time chatting with Caroline. We really hope you enjoy this and we are going to dive straight in. Thank you so much for coming to chat with us. We've been really excited um, to get you on. Pleasure. <laughs> You're changing my mind once you've spoken. To me. Oh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Overexcited, I mean. <laughs> um, we would like to hear a little bit about how, about your journey into flowers. So was there something before flowers or, you know, what, what, how did it all begin for you? Okay, Um, so probably rewinding a few more years than I'd like to. I went to um, I went to art college. Um, I did not. I did an art foundation in Paris. I lived in Paris as a teenager, um, as you do. (laughs) Uh, So I did a foundation there and then I came back after six years of being abroad um, to to the UK and I did, um, I went to Farnham Art College and did a bit more of a sort of foundation type um course and then I was going on to Camberwell um Mm -hmm. but yeah I really it was one of my big regrets which is why flowers has been so lovely for me is that I didn't continue with um with my art degree uh I just felt that it wasn't quite the right time and maybe I wasn't angst ridden enough I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I ended up going and living on a kibbutz for six months Um, so I just sort of felt that I needed a bit of a reset and wanted to go away and I couldn't quite afford to go to Australia and Thailand and do all the fancy gap years so I thought that a kibbutz was kind of my um, my version of that I could afford at the time so um so I did that and I spent quite a lot of time um sort of traveling in Israel as well and I came back and wanted to save the world um, <laughs> so I went and studied politics with French at uni and um, I started working for an international charity um, so nothing to do with art or flowers whatsoever um, but then I'd sort of met my then husband at uni and the idea of going off and doing international aid work kind of yeah it wasn't quite so practical so I ended up here doing sort of um, sort of marketing and PRs style um sort of work first for the charity and then then when I realized that my first paid job after uni was twelve thousand pounds a year that wasn't really going to get me on the (laughs) on the ladder to having a house and all of those kind of things that you've got a little bit in the back of your mind so I sort of um 
took the skills and moved them over into um, the dreaded corporate sector um, where it did pay enough for me to get on the housing ladder. Um, and yeah, it was always a regret. And then I've got three boys and when they were little, I was often, um, often found myself sort of being drawn towards being in the garden. And that's kind of where it started really, just messing around with borders, putting shade, putting shade loving plants in, no, putting, putting uh, flowers in shady areas that said on the label we only like sun but I thought no they'll just look nice there <laughs> you know you just what do the labels know so I sort of did my own version <laughs> did my own version and then you wondered why it didn't work <laughs> um, and so I sort of just learned gardening through trial and error really and I just I sort of fell more and more in love with the colours and the flowers and how they work together um, so I started to look into a course, um, possibly some sort of gardening course, but I didn't have a great back and so I didn't want to go and do heavy digging or maintenance. I, you know, like most things, we just like doing the fluffy kind of cherry on the top things, don't we? We don't want to do any hard graft. <laughs> um, so so that, that was kind of where my head was at a little bit and I carried on sort of, I started to grow flowers um, and I remember at the time, because my sister said to me one day, you've got loads of sweet peas, just bung some out on the gate, see what happens. And I'm like, well, they've got wonky stems, I couldn't possibly. And of course, wonky stems are all the rage now, aren't they? <laughs> um, and, and so I did start doing that. I started selling them on the gate and I was on quite a main road. So people would kind of drive home and pick up their little bunch of sweet peas for one pound um, for about 20 stems. <laughs> my pricing strategy was a little bit. <laughs> I've been struggling with it ever since. Um, <laughs> um, and so and I remember thinking because I started selling more flowers that I was growing and I was really enjoying it but, and I thought and it's such a random number I thought I just want to earn 45 pounds a week I didn't even round it up to 50 it's like if I could just earn 45 pounds a week that'll pay for my obsession and my plant addiction and I can buy seeds and I'd be happy and then of course somebody said would you like to do a would you like to sell to the village shop? Which And another village shop said, oh, we want some of your flowers if they got your, your sweet peas. So it sort of just, it was really little incremental steps. And I didn't have much confidence, but I just loved, I just loved work, like playing, working with flowers. Um, so I did a hand tie course at a local agricultural college. And that was, yeah, <laughs> say no more. It wasn't yeah. quite the style. I think they said to me, we had to do a design one week, um, which was a corporate design, which probably something that was going to go in a hotel lobby. And they said to me, you even make corporate and linear look country. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm all right. Um, so I think based on that, I then did, I ended up sort of plucking up the courage when someone asked me if I would do um, a bridal bouquet for their daughter, I, um, I said yes. And then the year after that, I did six weddings. And then the year after that, I did 30. Wow. Oopsie-daisy, I think I might be hoarding florists. Yeah, I'm actually a florist all of a sudden. <laughs> what were you growing on in your garden? What sort of space did you have to grow on? Um, so it was, um, um, so it was um, I don't live there now, but, um, as of last um, summer, but it was a lovely sort of 17th century cottage with half an acre. So it was enough. It doesn't sound much when you say half of anything, does it? But it was way too much. It definitely <laughs> is. So my plot that I grow on, um, it's obviously not a garden. It's be, it's it's designed just to be flower beds, but that is just under half an acre. And that's a lot of flowers you can get from that amount of land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were already very big borders there. So I sort of thought if I can just, if I can slowly add into those with perennials and shrubs and some low maintenance things like hedgesporum, if I can get loads of foliage and things together, um, that will help because as much as anyone thinks foliage doesn't cost a lot to buy from, from the wholesaler. I think it's more expensive than flowers these days. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had sort of four squares that I had designed, sort of big, um, big allotment style squares that I would grow in. So yeah, it was a, it was a real mix. And I, my plan was just to fill every space in the garden with flowers, which was probably quite ambitious. <laughs> um, How long was it before you, because obviously you were doing all this and you were working full time? 
Um, no, so I was working part time. I had a, um, uh, because I had three kids at one point. I had three kids under five, but not for very long. Oh. Um, my little claim to fame. It only lasted <laughs> three weeks. I, <laughs> I just get the empathetic looks for a while. <laughs> um, I was doing part time. I was doing part time work just for a local PR um, sort of agency. So it was sort of mornings. I, I always knew that I didn't. I wanted to just keep some sort of work ticking over. Mm. So I would do I would do the sort of flowers in my spare time really just on top of that, um, and then obviously as it started sort of growing a bit more, um, yeah, I stopped the sort of part time work to to focus on it more full time really. So. so when was it then that you was it when you got that that thirty weddings or was it when you got the six weddings that you decided right this can actually be my my thing my career my job. Uh, no, definitely 30 weddings was me not being able to say no rather than any great <laughs> achievement on my arm. <laughs> um, I think when I when I did one and I realised that actually the way I work, which is quite last minute anyway, actually really suits wedding flowers. Um, and I don't know, other wedding florists out there, they probably get asked that question all the time. God, don't you really hate like all that last minute stuff? But it's when you are last minute, it's kind of, you're normal isn't it really and I think we'd all, all like to put our pre-arranged uh, bouquets in the freezer the week before and just get them out on the table <laughs> it's flowers so it is all last minute so that does sort of suit my way of working definitely um, I'd probably say once I had about six weddings um, and I was sort of I've got a wholesale account. I think maybe that's when you think, oh, someone else thinks I'm proper. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying yes. <laughs> um, so I guess it was a real gradual sort of process, really. And although I was always quite ambitious with what I wanted to do, it wasn't, it was just incremental steps. And I'm very much a sort of go with the flow kind of person. So I just kind of thought, we'll do this, we'll see what happens. Then I'll contact a few venues and see if I might be able to sort of go in on a supplier's list. I think you just try lots of different things, yeah. you, and you just have to not be afraid of making mistakes, really, and just yeah, keep going and trying other things. And I think at the beginning, I was probably, I don't know if that's a thing for everybody and, and when they start their own business, but you kind of want to do a bit of everything. Yeah. It takes quite a while to kind of think, okay, like for me, I, end, I did end up after a number of years deciding that I couldn't grow flowers and do weddings because, yeah, there's no, you'd, you'd never sleep, basically. Mm. Um, and it's a bit like the kind of Chelsea flower show, isn't it? If you're growing, if you've promised particular flowers to a bride, I realised early on that you couldn't make those promises, really. So I think it was all a process um, of just, yeah, of just going through each little bit incrementally and sort of honing what I wanted to my business to look like um, and I'm probably still learning <laughs> still still sort of tweaking that's the beauty of it really I think, I think well, we're, we're all still learning aren't we I think every 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 single day we yeah. learn something new yeah um, and when we stop learning that's when we're done I think yeah. every day's a school day isn't it <laughs> but when you're when you're kind of working on your own you do have to decide don't you whether well you you did whether whether you're going to just be growing or just doing floristry because if you decide to do both you limit how much of anything you can do don't you like if you ha if you're growing and doing weddings there's only a certain amount of weddings you'll be able to do and you obviously found that your passion definitely was for the the wedding floristry rather than the growing the growing was almost like a way of getting you to the floristry wasn't it I knew the sort of style of flowers I wanted to do and I think I picked up Sarah Raven's um, Bold and Brilliant Garden book like 11 12 years ago when I just knew that I wanted to grow flowers and then I found the flowers from the farm um, sort of network and I thought oh my god there's other people doing what I have in my head that I'd like to do so um, so that was uh, that was lovely and then as time went on I just sort of thought there are brilliant growers out there and I don't have to take all that you know 
that on myself. I think at one point I was paying a lovely lady to help me um, and she was earning more than I was. <laughs> you, know, you know, the business side of it, I definitely, and I still have to work at that side, but um, that probably wasn't the best model to sort of be going with. And, you know, you have to realise where your strengths are. Um, yeah, and I now tap into some brilliant local growers around me, sort of in the Guildford area. and. They do it so well and I can just glance up with a little pair of snips and <laughs> be in all of my beautiful gardens. Yeah, it would have been really hard, I think, for you um, to make that transition if there wasn't, you know, growers that you could actually go and buy from um, after you've, you know, you're, ma you're making and creating with all of your own British grown flowers. I mean, I assume that, you you know, you use imports um, and you use British all in line. But just imagine if we if you hadn't had flowers from the farm at that time to e even seek out those growers, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Mm. Uh, um, and I think even when I would, because I do buy imported, even mm. when I looked up for the imported ones, my wholesaler would always say, oh yeah, we've kept those to one side because you like the weird stuff. <laughs> so I didn't like the dead straight carnations or the chrysanthemums. you know, I like the I like the quirky things. So I think you can still find it sort of imported, but obviously, you know, we all know if you can buy local, that's just, that's the best, the best way to do it really. Um, so I sort of knew the look um, and, you know, even when I would say maybe find zinnias online with my wholesaler, they'd never be in the same beautiful quality, sort of, you know, as beautifully presented as if you go and buy them for someone, if you grow them yourself. So certain things still now, like sweet peas that don't transport particularly well, I would always make the effort to grow. And um, I've now got much more limited space, but, and the, the sort of the cut and come again flowers like dahlias, you know, the things that really sort of pack a punch even if you've got a small space you can get lots of value from you know from July right through to the first frost so I think yeah if you just have if you have a smaller space it's just about yeah trying to get the maximum you can from your little your little plot <laughs> well, I think it's lovely you've still got a cutting garden that's not you know it's, it's another... a very loose term it's probably a problem <laughs> It's some soggy dahlia tubers <laughs> and a few compost bags with loads of weeds growing out them. Honestly, no. I don't know anybody that can grow flowers and keep it neat all the time. There's always that patch. You know, um, at the moment, I, my compost bins are so full. I've got those massive build it build bags, you know, that you get the com like full of extra compost as well and just drag them around the side. I've got, a couple, I've got two compost bags that have now got foxgloves growing out of them. So I'm quite, quite proud of that, actually. And they're probably really happy there as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you um, first started with your floristry, Mm -hmm. um, and you were taking on all these weddings and you were a real business because you've got your wholesale account. <laughs> were you working from, from home at that point or did you have a studio? Um, so I was working from home. I started out in probably the smallest size shed that you can have in your garden. Is it a six by four? Yes. Um, I started out in there and I did it as a, and I sort of started um, saying on Facebook locally, come and have a coffee on a Friday morning, come and look at my little bits of vintage that I've picked up and come and buy a bunch of anemones or, um, or whatever. So, so I even had a shop shed, which was so it was, I've got photos. It's quite cute, but it's really ridiculous. I didn't even have a workbench in there. I used to do stuff on the floor on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> so, so even back then, so from the very beginning, you were flowers and vintagey finds and little gifts. So that, so that all kind of happened at the same time. Yeah. I always liked, I always liked sort of vintage sort of, yeah, I've always been a bit of a magpie and like going around charity shops and just finding nice little bits for for flowers and plants to go in. And yeah, that was yeah, that was right from the start, really. Um, so and then I could use some of the bits in my house and then wash them and bring them out to sell and do a little bit of a <laughs> it was my own little shop for me, really. <laughs> Dick and I were talking before you came on how how we don't know how you you manage to part with all of the things because we've been scrolling through your your online shop and Vic said she's mentally spent 500 quid already this morning with you easily and, yeah. that's just a few of those flowery oil paintings that I can't ever find anywhere that I've been on the hunt for it's I you <laughs> honestly you've got such a beautiful eye is it oh, something oh. you've always done so you've always bought vintage and stuff for your house and you know you've always 
it's just something that you've always done and then you thought well let me bring this to the people yeah, yeah absolutely I remember being in sort of flea markets when yeah. I, um, I used to go to flea markets at the weekend in Paris and still like all the old stuff um, even yeah. sort of age 17 18 I don't I don't I've no idea why or where that comes from but um, and I think I've always just you know if you get that hit when you look at something then and that's how I bought really so I guess you are always buying for yourself when you look at those things um, and yeah I haven't tried to fit into a particular style I think I've just I don't know I've, I'm just in my lane <laughs> a, cu a curator of beautiful things of beautiful things in general ah <laughs> uh, thank you very welcome <laughs> my well sister always says you know I'm the minimalist you're the quite fussy one <laughs> terms of style you know like the clutter queen basically and her her work surfaces are nice and clean and sort of and then I've got like crap everywhere basically but yeah, it's but beautiful crap beautiful crap my, my, me and my sister much the same her house is literally bare and yeah. I can barely move I can barely <laughs> move for stuff I know the we all go we go we can't get any more stuff we can't move in the house and then we go away go to flea market buy more stuff and go yeah. Oh, where are we going to put that? <laughs> I need a little shed in my garden. Start selling it off. Selling off stuff. You have a. You can have a cheerful franchise. Because I know who'll end up running it. Mugging <laughs> it. Just write it down. Write it down. You're going on holiday to buy more. She can possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So how? So yeah. how far was it from the the, the shed shop in your garden? to I mean you you might you must have expanded out of there I mean did you pour into your kitchen on your you know working in your kitchen or was there a bigger bigger structure made um so there was actually it was kind of a garage slash workshop that was that I always used to poke my nose in and there was already a load of rubbish in there for, you know sort of general household stuff and I think that that's that was just huge um so and then I think we cordoned off a look put a, a fake stud wall in and I used half of it and then a few months into that I was like this is ridiculous I need more space <laughs> <laughs> so I sort of I suppose I was lucky enough to have a workshop at home and then we put windows and skylights in it um the people who'd lived there before us um she was a photographer so a studio photographer so it was as dark as possible the the plug points were all kind of seven foot high and she would have had that big sort of studio lighting going on and yeah, so I so I sort of needed to make it the opposite to how she had it, really light um, and airy. Um, so I started working from there, really. And again, people would come on a Friday. That was always sort of the start, sort of how it, how I how I enjoyed sort of presenting it, somewhere that people could just come along, really, um, for sort of you know, flowers for going to friends at the weekend or whatever. So although I love doing the weddings and still now I really love just putting together everyday flowers for people. It doesn't it doesn't have to be all about the big wedding. I just I love just love a bunch of flowers in a jug on the kitchen table. Mm. So I hope that I can you know I still be that alongside the weddings. And I know that that can get tricky at particular times of the year when you're not running events and things like that. So um so it's just it's managing the two sides of the business which are quite different really um so it sounds like though your business has has um grown very organically and very naturally you know from from even starting to just grow in your garden and selling sweet peas and then it got a bit bigger so you have a shed in the kitchen then a bigger shed it's just was there any point that you were cut that you were like right I need to I need to advertise, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to push it further. Or has it just, just happened really nicely for you? I did, I've tried most things, I have to say, sort of behind the scenes, like I've tried taking out adverts, you know, in local, you know, local magazines or whatever. Um, I've definitely, I've definitely pushed and pulled like on different strings and cords yeah. just to, just to see, I've kind of, I've approached people um, I've done sort of bits of styling in the background for other people who are in magazines and sort of maybe followed up with an email saying, could you just say my name in that article? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I would say that the marketing sort of background that I had definitely meant that I 
I sort of I quite enjoy that side as well. And I and I and I love social media. I mean, I you know for me it's such an inspiring sort of visual place to be. And I I love I love the photography side. So so that was always a really sort of natural sort of place to expand it. I think. Um, and try and get sort of community sort of going out of that. Mm. I, mean, I still struggle a little bit with, but <laughs> we do, I, we, I think you do a great job. Um, I mean, well, I I came across you through Lynn's from the Whitehorse Flower Company, mm. and if I I mean correct me if I'm wrong, mm. did you take on your your I call it your new space because I you know we're still discussing um, you know the spot in your garage. Did you take on that space during the pandemic? just two weeks before was it two weeks before yeah so obviously it was all in you know it was all in discussion kind of from yeah. November before but when I moved in it was I think end of February beginning of March and my big launch was the weekend before Mother's Day and then it was full on lockdown the day after Mother's Day wasn't it um so yeah that's that's just that's how it goes sometimes isn't it yeah so was sorry Jess so you'd you'd I'm assuming you'd outgrown working in the garage and you wanted more of a I guess a retail space because you love that I'm guessing you you love having that kind of one-on-one customer interaction with people coming in buying their weekly flowers you've got somewhere beautiful to sell things you've got you're in this lovely coal yard aren't you with other kind of artisan companies um, I, would say, I would actually say false to your assumption there. <laughs> it's, not, it? it's not true. So I moved there, lockdown started, weddings dried up, as we all know. And I think when I moved there, the, um, the landlord said, you can use this. You can do light retail, what they termed it as. Whereas I took it on as workshop space because I knew I was leaving Cherfold Cottage and I knew I'd be looking for somewhere locally. Um, and that I probably wouldn't be able to um, afford somewhere with a space to have a workshop the same size that I was used to. Um, so when he said you can do light retail, that was kind of a bit incidental, really. And then lockdown happened. And then I, I was quite sort of quick thinking then and thought, how can I get flowers to people? And I think it was only Smith and Munson and um, uh, that were doing them still, the tulips in the spring and a few places down in Cornwall. All the sort of lines, the supply chain from Holland had dried up. And I'm just a bit, I think I'm a bit of a dog with a bone, really. And I just thought, I want to get flowers to people. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there were other things going on at the time. But so I, I, I advertised it on my Facebook page and I remember I was hiding in the shower. The phone was ringing off oh. and I was literally, I don't think I can swear on here, can I? But I was going, yeah. we'll put an explicit on here. Oops, dollops. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I was working, um, so I had to come back from the workshop. I was working at my kitchen table from probably five in the morning until, I don't know, sort of nine at night. Wow. Um, and I had, and I had, uh, I had, I was delivering as well. So I was making up all morning and then delivering all afternoon. It was ridiculous. Um, so, and that kind of demand kept up sort of for a couple of months, I think. Um, I lose track of the lockdowns when they ended. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that sort of, I was really, it was all out sort of with those flowers that were just going out when, you know, mum wanted to say I love you to granny or you know all of the all of that so you know it's a bit of a crazy time and I think even now I look back and think why didn't I just take those few months just to kind of kick back and do what everyone else was doing that had no choice but I that is me a little bit just... you can't can you because people very quickly forget about you and if you don't if you're a florist and you don't offer that service mm-hmm. they're going to go to somebody else that that does and so by you kind of keep, keeping on going it you know not only kind of supported your new studio I suppose but kept that? you kept you out there and kept your customer and probably got you more customers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, so it was, it was amazing, and it was really it was really busy. Um, and yeah, it's definitely grown my business. And I think now, sort of, still with word of mouth, I think that period of time sort of has really helped. So, but it was bonkers. <laughs> so, so I guess when things could open up that's when you decided to have some light retail in there yeah that's when I was I didn't know how long the no weddings um, Mm. was going to carry on so I thought actually 
I can I can source things still. I've got some. I've got I've got beautiful candles. I've already got quite a lot of stock. I could go on. I can go online, which I was in the process of doing anyway. So it sort of pushed that side of things quicker than you know I I probably would have. Um, yeah, I probably would have worked it otherwise. So. Uh, and I did really enjoy the shop side. I think when people were out, able to be out again and weddings weren't happening, I thought I'd be really happy just making up, mm. like I said before, the everyday flowers, you know, all day, every day. Most people just say, I trust you, do what you love and I'll buy it. So you, you, you had the freedom and every week I would sort of, and I still do now to an extent, you sort of go with a different kind of coloured sort of colourway um, and if you've used sort of pinks and peaches once one one week, then you're sort of you know we all like so it's rather than making up flowers to do with people's choices around their color schemes for weddings, you could just do what you loved. Um, so that freedom, I think, sort of you know I spoke about art college, and I think that freedom to be able to choose colors and add in texture and layer it so. That when you hold a bouquet in your hand, hopefully one of mine, you can twiddle it all the way around, and there's always like a like a beautiful painting, I guess. There's always the more you look, the more there is, um, and, and that is the sort of style that has just happened, evolved naturally over the years. I think I love that bit of lockdown flowers where there were people would phone me and go, "I'm looking for something in whites and lilacs," and I'm like, "Sorry." You're going to get what you're given. Uh, yeah. They're like, what colours are you going for? I'm not sure. It's next week. I'll uh, you have to just keep your eye out because I'm going to buy some beautiful things. And I loved having that freedom mm. to just, I mean, my palette's always quite similar, but actually being able to use some proper colour because, mm. you know, in a lot of my weddings, it's very muted and pastel. And I was yeah. like, right, mm. get the colours out. And it was, it was a really lovely thing to be able to do. Yeah. We've spoken about it lots before about coming from art and design backgrounds. Mm. Floristry is is definitely an art form, and you can paint with flowers, can't you? And and a design, it's no different if it's a wallpaper design, a clothing design, or or a flower design. It's still you still need that eye of scale and proportion and color. And I I I think yes when you are doing weddings and being limited to somebody else's it's it's lovely to kind of go and buy your own things and I think I would have been tempted to go for all the brights and clashes Jess would have just gone for anything orange coral oh, and blue too. coral and blue that's Jess's that's Jess's vibe right. a bit purple. pinks and oranges <laughs> together yeah. and then I might have had a little muted week and then had to go back to the bright clashing kind yes. of colours so yeah yeah it's having that freedom is lovely to be able to to be able to choose based on what mood you're in when you sit down and go on the wholesaler list you know it's it's pick and mix isn't it yeah, definitely <laughs> I have what oh, go on I was just going to say about going back to the the shop and the things that you that you've got in there the selection of things you have are absolutely beautiful mm. you've oh, it's such a cleverly and carefully curated little you know you've got green and gorgeous seeds I didn't even know that they outsourced their seeds and by the time this goes out I'm going to have worked out if I can source them because I don't think anybody else should I don't think it should be a widely known thing that we can get those wholesale buy them from me (laughs) (laughs) and then and you've just got gorgeous stuff uh, I think the green and gorgeous seeds were the thing you know sort of things that I would like to buy or have access to um in in the shop if I were to have one and um, you know, I've been on courses there, I've built up a relationship with the guys there over, over a long period. And, and I think I just approached them and I knew they were starting out doing their seeds. Um, and I just said, could I, could I have a small selection? So again, that was me just, just being, che- marketing is just being cheeky, isn't it really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite good at that. <laughs> Absolutely. So mm. now that the lockdown is, oh, let's pretend it's all over and that we have no pandemic anymore. Well, it soon will be. The lot, like, we won't be have to have to self-isolate or anything by the end of this month. So well, I, I'm, I'm, but yeah, we're getting there. Well, let's, okay, so it's all over. Are you going to carry on with, with having giftware there or are you looking forward to kind of using it solely as your studio? Um. I sort of like using it as a bit of both and so doing pop-up, um, sort of pop-up um, days really um, and the web shop will carry on so there's that online facility um, so the more people buy the more excuse I have to go and source other bits which <laughs> which I love so 
so yeah I think I'd I never really saw myself as a wedding florist and and as I explained it has happened and I, I absolutely love it I love the interaction with the brides well, and the grooms but mainly the brides um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, lo I love that. I'm like their flower auntie, you know, um, and I do, and I quite like sort of nurturing sort of young brides that don't know flowers, but clearly love them. And, you know, a lot of brides that I've worked with have gone up, gone on after they've been married and bought their first house to have a little cutting garden. So they come back to me and say, what were the flowers that you used in my bouquet? I'd like to try and grow those. So I was just try and keep a list as well. Um, and so... Yeah, that, I think that's a, re a really lovely side. And then people will, you know, brides who have then become mums have come back to the to the shop space, you know, with babes in arms. And it's really lovely. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes it's not practical, but when there is a relationship that carries on or they then come to your work, you know, your Christmas workshops. Um, I love that ongoing relationship to even seeing people on it, you know, your brides that you did flowers for pop up on Instagram, you know, and they're still there saying, oh, I remember my wedding. <laughs> um, so I, I like ongoing relationships, I think. And I like, and, and so when people come to me um, to buy sort of shop flowers, I love getting to know customers. And then I very quickly get to know what they do and don't like. And they're always amazed that you remember, but you kind of, you associate colours with them, don't you? I don't know if you do that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't worked in a shop environment for a long time, but yeah, I mean, people love, a good shopkeeper is yeah. someone, you know, a good local shopkeeper is someone who will remember, not always the name, but always remember what they like, what, what colours they like, the story they told you last time they were in. And that's the things that will always bring them back in. Um, and buying from obviously your beautiful flowers but it, yeah. it's that extra special service that's that's going to bring them back to you every time yeah yeah absolutely and I think people put place a lot of value on that but that's all that's all we know that's the only way I know how to do it really so yeah it's it's a lot yeah you can develop lovely relationships so I do really value that so I'd still like to do both I think mm. but um yeah how did it work when weddings were back on I mean was it just carnage for you uh, was it carnage? Um, yeah, it was a lot of. I've tried to block it out. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know whether it's just getting old, but my memory kind of uh, <laughs> one month to the next. So much happens at the moment, doesn't it? I remember it was it was a bottleneck situation, definitely. Uh, but I think you know it's like anything when you're in something, and people are looking in and on someone else having a major crisis or being really busy. They everybody says to you. How are you managing? But when you're in it, it's kind of okay. You just get your head down and you just keep going and make the best of it and drink gallons of coffee. <laughs> um, I think there's been a lot of florists who got through last year and, re and did so many weddings and everybody got through it and everybody managed and it was brilliant. But they've all said, haven't they, Vic, this year, they're like, we're taking on less. <laughs> yeah, taking on less, but it hasn't seemed to, it doesn't seem to be going that way. I think that everyone's gone in the middle of it going oh it's not gonna be like this next year I don't I can't do this next year and then coming into 22 there's been a lot of people have gone well you know I was taking less on this year but it's looking <laughs> quite busy maybe <laughs> taking on less will be next year because we're still I, I mean I don't know about you I've still got I've still got weddings from 2020 that yeah. are getting married this year yeah Plus, 2019 weddings this year and no, not no. It can't be no. <laughs> I know, I know. What you mean, but couples you spoke to probably early on in twenty nineteen. Yeah, we were booked yeah. in twenty twenty. Yeah, because I've I've got the same. But yeah, there's still not clear. And everybody's got babies now. Two thirds of my brides have got babies. Loads of babies. Loads of bridesmaids dropping out because they're like just about to pop. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I wonder yeah. what everyone's been doing during lockdown <laughs> without children. It's like the war, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is. It's busy, but I've definitely, whether I would have done that anyway or whether it's lockdown, I'm always trying to find work life balance. I think we all are, aren't we? Um, so, you know, I have got sort of in bright, you know, red in certain sections of my. <laughs> Well, we'll call it a spreadsheet. That's a list. 
<laughs> but I put no more bookings in July and then I'll just say oh I'll just have a chat with her it might just be bridal party midweek um so yeah it's uh it's a constant effort to sort of get that work-life balance isn't it as well and when it comes to a work-life balance do you have people that work for you in the in the shop do you have freelancers that come in and help you when you do the weddings or are you completely one man band one woman band no I wouldn't be smiling (laughs) no so I have my best friend who helps me with the admin um and she has yeah definitely I'm not even mild OCD um so she works brilliantly alongside me and she is my walking to-do list (laughs) um so that works that works really well um so I have her helping on the admin side and then I have a lovely um she used to be a customer but I headhunted her so I knew she was sort of going solo doing some marketing consultancy after leaving a big firm and she'd always bought flowers regularly sometimes no, it was just like a £15 bunch or £20, but she just, every time she, she just loved flowers, you know, in amongst her busy life, she always made time. So she was such a great person to, uh, when I need to thought I need somebody with the marketing who can do web shop uploading and all that kind of stuff. She was such a natural fit, um, someone who just loves flowers. So she still helps me, um, not as much as during the pandemic, and she's now gone back to full-time marketing, but I bug her a lot on her time off. (laughs) Um, So she helps me. And then I have this amazing team of freelance florists. Um, And I don't, I don't take on big weddings. That's been a conscious decision. Um, I don't need to be hanging halfway up a ladder. I mean, I love the weddings that come out on Instagram where people are creating these huge clouds of, of amazing floral kind of, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, and I've sort of gone down, looked at going down that route, but I just want to make flowers. Things I'm learning from, from doing this podcast and speaking to so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I'd learned it years ago when I was doing floristry. I think I always I always kept in my mind I thought I should be doing more than I was but I think there's it's it's a really good thing to realize where you want to be mm-hmm. and stopping at that level and not pushing yourself further if you're not comfortable to be there because it doesn't serve you in in any way does it to do something you 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 don't want to do and feel out of your depth we're not all made for 30 grand weddings you know we're just not and that's brilliant and the other thing that I've I've really learned talking to people is about getting help with marketing with websites with accounts with all the things that you that you don't feel able to do and I, I think it then lets you relax a bit and concentrate on doing what you do best which is the creativity with the colors the the bit that you love and if you and it comes through in 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 florist work doesn't it the love definitely comes through if you hate it and you're just throwing a few stems together you can tell so yeah I think when you have that support you just feel held and like like you say you can concentrate on the things you're good at and you know I've, I've done that tried to do everything I've been marketing I've been well, I haven't even been accounts very, very well. I've tried to do it all and you can be there until 11 o'clock or you can say, right, I'm going to get up at five o'clock just so I can do those emails. But I always want to be in love with flowers and what I do. And I think that's the way to do it. It's just to get the help where you need it. Um, and yeah, everybody costs money, but I think the value I get from paying people to help me is I get back tenfold really and it it enables me to to sort of progress the side of the business that I that I want to um and ultimately then hopefully you'll get more customers and that all everything takes care of itself I think when you get the help you need um stop trying to do everything yourself I've been there I've done it Um, so I probably have about four or five freelance florists that Again, they've just worked out for their work-life balance. They don't want to run weddings themselves. Mm. They just, you know, I'll do the ordering, I'll do the the STEM counts, and they can come along and just, yeah, they can just Edward Scissorhands (laughs) behind me. Chop, 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 chop. And they're amazing. (laughs) They're all friends. And if they weren't before, they are now. And the radio's on. I mean, you know what it's like. It's um, 
it's lovely behind the scenes the day before a wedding. There's always a buzz, isn't there? Yeah. And there's always that, shit, I've got too many flowers. Shit, I haven't got enough flowers. By the way, shit, I haven't got enough. I always feel like I haven't got enough. Like, I'm like, shit, 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 shit. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. She's like, there's plenty here. We have got plenty. Do not buy any more. You just kind of seesaw between the two, yeah. though, as I do. So bad, so bad. Yeah. That thing where you cut flowers, if you use short stems, you think you're using less. Mm. It's still the whole stem out of the bucket that's gone. <laughs> I mean, visually, I don't know what goes on in my head sometimes when I look at what I've got and what I've got to do, but it normally takes care of itself. Yeah. So do you work do you work in quite an organic way so you you when you're buying you'll get an amount and then you just buy that amount or I'm assuming you don't allocate for how you say organic okay <laughs> can I say slapdash because that's why I'm a disaster zone <laughs> when it comes to ordering <laughs> I, I, yeah I've been given um sort of spreadsheets with stem count sort of um columns by very organized florists and I've probably used them once and gone oh my god that's amazing I'm always going to do it like that and then I can't find it in my folder and <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just going back to my piece of paper going yeah I should probably have five of those for that da, 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 da. um and then you get a hundred short yeah and then you can get all the stems that are spray stems um yeah so I think over time you get more confident at doing it and maybe a bit more relaxed. And because I do have people that will come to the shop or ring up and say, I'd like a 50 pound bouquet, can you do it? You can always, that's the beauty of having um, a customer base sort of locally as well, is that you can you can sort of squeeze flowers in and out of there, <laughs> you know, what they're used for without, you know, not giving less to the bride or whatever, but I do, te- I have a tendency to overorder basically. Yeah. <laughs> and you do funeral work as well, don't you? Uh, um, I do. I wish I had more because mm. um, I would love, I would love that. Um, and the flowers can always, you know, you want them nice and open. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've got one this week, one next week, but then I might not have any for four months, you know. Mm. It, it always seems to be word of mouth. Um, the local, the people that have used me for other flowers that approach me and say, I don't know if you do funeral flowers. I think because of a lot of us as florists, we don't really feel, you know, I know Lynn's from White, White Horse Flower Company is very good at talking about funeral flowers and putting those on. And I, and I uh, 100% agree with those all being, um, you know, part of your overall Instagram feed or the visual reference. Um, and so I, I will talk about them. Um, but it's just, I suppose, what you're known for is what you do most of. Sure. Um, so, and I'm just scrolling through your your Instagram, and it's beautiful. And I, and I, um, I find that there's funeral flowers are thought of in like a certain style, aren't they? They're thought, and and when you don't do that style, that's probably why people don't assume you do funerals. It was the same with me when I had my shop because I think I used to do funeral flowers in the same style as if as if they were going to be for a wedding or as if they were going to be for a party you know they are they're equally as beautiful and they have the same wonderful stems in them I didn't go and buy spray croissants just because I had a funeral it would be what I had so um yeah so you're it's difficult to kind of to get on that 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 in that that funeral group isn't it yeah and I think once your style becomes so honed whatever you do you can't really get away from that so yeah my funeral flowers do still look sort of yeah garden inspired um a bit like like you're saying as well you're not going to suddenly go out and buy funereal lilies just because yeah and mostly people won't come if they wanted that style they wouldn't come to me in the first place Um, but it's funny the amount of people when they ask for things they say no lilies no gerberas I said okay (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I wouldn't buy them anyway. I'll try not to <laughs> Your Instagram really is very beautiful and you can you are so good with with color and flower choices and, and and texture. It really is lovely to look through. And I'm very jealous of your yellow hat as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Jess has got one somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think I thought um I think when I started doing wedding flowers, I, I found I found it quite hard to um pin down photographers to get yes to get images from them and then on the occasions where you could get this is going back a few years I think it's all changed now because everybody's 
I find it's a lot more sharing sort of um, now. But um, I think in the early days, it will, even when you when you could get photos, um, they they wouldn't they would be like one or two of the flowers, you know, and you'd be like where are the flowers? Um, and I think that has changed a lot over the years, but that's really why I ended up buying an SLR and teaching myself photography because I just, yeah, I wanted a record of them, something that, that still fitted in with my style rather than a photographer. It, it's just a different style, isn't it? And how they approach, how they approach the photography. Um, so, you know, I will sometimes take wedding flowers with my vessels in the background, just because I love playing with, you know, style I love playing with the styling side of it as well um and so yeah the photography I've been on the I've been on the odd day course and and just yeah that's something that has become a complete passion that that is from flowers really again so you can find other things other avenues that you didn't know you loved or that you can pursue just from yeah from your main sort of activity that you do so if I don't pick up my camera um, when I'm in my workshop, I, I get itchy. You know that itchy feeling in your fingers when you're not creating? I sort of get a bit of that. And so I have my little window um, in my workshop with my table and my photo boards, and I always have to have a little play. Just, I don't know, it's calming, grounding. It's also another piece of marketing for you, though, really, because you're, I assume that you, you well, I'm going to do another assumption. You can correct me if I'm wrong again, but you must get quite a few inquiries for through your direct messaging and stuff from Instagram. Instagram must be a massive marketing tool for you. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think more and more people are using the hashtags on Instagram um, and I'm, I'm probably not always consistently well, I'm not brilliant at putting the hashtags on, but I think always kind of referring back to the venue and the photographer and the other suppliers. Um, I think more and more couples are looking at Instagram um, when they choose their wedding florists, actually, which is, that's that's evolved. I don't know if you, you found that, but I think that's more the case um, in the past few years because um, you just get the instant visual hit, don't you? And the latest wedding, you know, not a curated gallery, which is slightly out of date and it's got testimonials from 2004. Because <laughs> you've been too busy to update it all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it is a sort of, it's, it's that current kind of um, feel to Instagram that I think people people like so yeah you get inquiries from all over don't you really and always be nice to the bridesmaids that's another thing oh yes <laughs> and 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 also the parents in case they've got any more kids oh, yeah <laughs> oh yeah exactly yeah just work out who's going to get married in yeah. five years and only be nice to them yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I love that bit and, it, and it, it you must you must love it as well because you know saying about how much you love that repeat business and the story but I love it if I go to um, a wedding and then you get to do the bridesmaid's wedding but, but when you do her wedding you know your previous bride has got a baby and and, and then you go and do some their sister's wedding and you do it, you do feel for a few years like you become very involved in in this little group of people and then they're all married and gone and done absolutely I think one of my first brides was a, a lovely girl called Fran and we had this ongoing joke because for six years she brought me a bride every year oh, <laughs> I was like, come on, Fran, it's January. Yeah, <laughs> bag. She always would. It was hilarious. She's uh she's ruined her streak now, so oh. <laughs> she's dumped. <laughs> no, not at all. But yeah, no, it's lovely. It it is definitely, yeah, like you say, sort of almost, you know, I joke and sort of say I'm the family florist now. <laughs> Do you feel where you are at the moment with your studio? That's the studio that you you are going to finish in, or do, or is there plans to to move move on? Like, do you feel like you've got to where you want to be? Um, where I want to finish in? That sounds like I'm going to lay down my tools. Oh no, no, no! Just, just I, I, you know, are you done? Find, are you yeah. done? You're ready to go. Yeah. When you find the, the studio, the studio that you love, that can serve you for for everything, and you, and it's almost like future proof. You know, you you can you can change and adapt and use the space. 
yes yeah. <laughs> it's it's 38 feet long it's got an upstairs with a mezzanine which I think just before lockdown I kind of kitted out as like a nice bridal consultation area with coffee and a table and now it's just a junk pile <laughs> just hey my mezzanine was literally right this is before yeah. it got cleared out yeah. my mezzanine for maybe six months was full full it's got well still has it's like a sophology up there sofas and furniture that's no longer wanted at home and boxes <laughs> boxes and boxes I've only just had all the boxes cleared out because <laughs> my plan was consultation area no box boxy sophology you're now calling it a flexible space flexible space <laughs> I was going to ask you what's on up in your mezzanine because I love having a, a good old nosy at your studio it's gorgeous and uh, I was thinking oh I wonder what she's got upstairs yeah, well, it might be like work yeah, area for your, you know, yeah, for your, um, for your like sort of flower school stuff. Um, yeah, so look, I've just put in some major storage in January because it was all over the floor. So, uh, so it's now looking a little bit more organised. Um, well, my dream, um, if we can talk about dreams, we have to make them happen, don't we? So this is a bit scary. This bit. Okay. My dream is to go back to art college and. Um, there's an amazing college in uh, near Chichester called West Dean. I'd like to go back, um, either redo my foundation or go on and do a diploma. And I'd like to do it in painting. Mm. And I've got an easel, my paints up on that mezzanine level. Um, I sort of did quite a lot of life drawing classes just before lockdown. And yes, I'd like to be an artiste. Oh my God, that sounds <laughs> amazing. So it would be a floral studio art studio oh my god yeah, that is my dream and I would love to do kind of I don't know sort of bold beautiful botanical pieces on canvas yeah oh my god I know please do a workshop yeah this year this year I, I I did um art and design and then textile design at university and it's been years since I've done anything and this year I've gone back to do an evening class in ceramics and I've just found like a life drawing class I'm going back to do and I was I was even thinking the other day my husband is going to kill me in a few years time when I just say when I say I want to go back to college and I just want every day to paint and draw and do all these wonderful things I thought you were going to say you were going to get Adam to be your model (laughs) He'd be He's so going to kill me when I say, get your kit off, darling. I want to draw you. Please. <laughs> hey, host... you're one of those French girls. Oh, God, no. I just want you to host a painting day, a drawing day, a botanical day. I'm, I'm so, and I'm sure there are so many other people that just want somewhere that isn't their house because you just, you can't. I know my house. Studio, I don't mind. <laughs> but you should, when you go back, like open it up and you do painting there and host workshops there in floristry and flower painting. And oh my God, I'm excited That's for you. I do in, well, in lockdown, um, just to come, like to just market them as play days. So come with your camera, come with your sketchbook, mess around with my props. Well, I mean, sorry, items for sale in the shop. <laughs> 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 Oops. Um, but yeah, come and, 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 almost have a bucket of flowers each and if you want to work on some bits for your own Instagram or um or your website you know have that freedom to just come in and and like a play day really so um yeah well when they go up on your website let me know because I'm booking one I'm coming and I'm going to buy all of the paintings that Vic wants (laughs) (laughs) for her birthday yeah for my birthday no for my my I think because mainly I'm self-taught and I'm and I'm getting better but you know I remember reading Kath Kidston's book and you know we all know about imposter syndrome you know and it's so real isn't it sometimes you know I I do wreath workshops because I've done them for years and years and you know we had had 90 people this Christmas through my work um, and they they take care of themselves really everyone's been before and I just go off to the pub next door and let them get on with it Um, but I think as far as formal teeth or not formal but teaching in inverted commas goes there's definitely a bit of me that doesn't have the confidence because I wasn't taught I've just found my own ways of doing things so um so play day really play dates really suit me because you can just come and just be and we can just you know I've got the enthusiasm but just not a lot else to back it up You think you doubt yourself. I think when oh, people yeah. are doing art, they, they just want somewhere they're able to go and 
to to play and somebody else's um input they don't you don't necessarily you know when you're not being taught to draw are you you're being taught you're being like advised and other people's opinions yeah. oh, I'm really excited for you Aww. that's what I'm going to do with your mezzanine Vic I'm going to take it over yeah listen if you can get shift the sofas you can put a pottery wheel up there if you really want because it's not being used for anything else <laughs> I've got a microwave isn't that a pottery wheel yeah, yeah. oh yeah good point I've got a microwave too we'll, we'll rig it up Jess so resourceful yeah (laughs) I think again you know I was thinking of all these other things last year when we couldn't do weddings you know because I can't really switch the brain off you know um and then and then weddings have started again so those those sort of things have gone more on the back burner but hopefully to be teased out again in the future it's just like we talked about before it's just like learning and tweaking and pushing the parts you want to be even from one year to the next you might do more weddings one year less shop stuff or yeah that's the beauty of it isn't it that's what keeps it really alive for me my business is that it's not rigid and it you know it can it it's like a fluid amoeba the cell that just kind of (laughs) ebbs and flows so uh yeah (laughs) I think that's I think that's your vibe though isn't it I think that you I think um you need that to feel like it can be changed up. You seem like the kind of person who just doesn't want to get bored, doesn't want to sit, rest on the laurels, have anything too samey. Mm-hmm. You know, to, like you say, to keep evolving, keep moving and keep keep it really fluid so that things stay interesting and you, you, you're in love with what you're doing all the time. Yeah, and I think, you know, you just made me think of like the brides that come and at the time when you're writing it down on the quote, you want, okay, you want every buttonhole to be different. That's going to cost you. But then yeah. at the time, you know, when you come to do it, you're like, yes, I get to make a new one every time rather than doing those. Yeah. Rather than 10 table centers are all the same. And that, that's why we have, you know, you get the freelance help in. So you can do the initial designs and they can just help kind of be your hands and fingers, you know. And then, yeah, it is. It's about keeping it. It's about keeping it fresh, really, I think. Um, so, yeah, that suits my personality. But equally, it's great therapy just to do lots of repetitive kind of the same stuff as well. I think it depends where you're at in every given, any given week or... Yeah. Again, just, People yeah. want to come and see your shop. Are you open specific hours or is it more that you sell online and you're, and you're kind of your little your workshop is open when you're there how how do people come and find your giftware um so I normally put on Instagram when I'm going to be doing sort of the sort of pop-ups so around Mother's Day coming up next month I'll be sort of open a bit around there um so I guess it's sort of uh, through social media or just messaging me and if somebody wants to come in and buy some flowers and I've got the lovely um Esther and Eric candles which are always popular um and I'll you know I get sort of leads of people saying, can I come and choose some candles? And I'm, I'm in there most mornings, really. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just checking in as to, to when I'm there. If I was a shop that was open to nine to five, I, it, does, it, doesn't suit, it doesn't suit my life or my personality. Um, it's much better if I can just go in in the morning, do what I need to do and meet people there, really. Um, and you have your neighbours there are a pottery and a ginger distillery, aren't they? So it's a bit of a destination as well. Oh, do you know who the pottery guy is? Do you Go know on. Pottery throwdown. Yes. My neighbour is rich. Is he the the the, the, dad, the judge? <laughs> no way. Yes, Richard Miller. He's my next door neighbour. Oh he's there all the time as well. Is he there doing pop ups? Never mind well? flowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just Richard. thinking when oh, you come into your pop up. <laughs> if, he's, if he's doing if you're doing a pop-up shop and then he's open as well how yeah. amazing and the gin distillery the other side so yeah. the people can go on to the um the it's called the coal yard creatives and there's somebody who makes cakes there's some yeah we've got the we've got the potters we've got the gin distillery um there's a party shop there um there's a beautiful bespoke jewelry place um, so the Coal Yard Creatives um, kind of acts as an umbrella um, sort of organisation, just looking after the, the individual um, shops. And it, it was the initiative of um, Alpa, who's lovely, the wife of the gin guy who's in marketing. So we have open days 
we have plans to kind of do trestle table and festoon lights and you know sort of there's there's sort of things that are there's ideas that are bubbling um but at the moment it's sort of open mornings and um the lady that makes um cakes she she does a tuck shop once a month and so we all tend to open on the saturday that she does her tuck shop and there's a you know there's coffee and so it's expanding as well we really need a cafe there that would make such a difference not the cafe you've got a gin distillery <laughs> yeah, that's true <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds like it's a real destination what a lovely place to work yeah it's fun and i think it's evolving there's some more um there are some more workshops that are just going through planning at the moment to be built and so the idea is to get more sort of creatives in as well just to you know just to keep that going so yeah it's exciting so I, love where I, I love where I am. It's not a high street destination. You do have to make the effort to go there. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit different to having a florist shop on the high street. But that's why I don't need to open all day, every day as well. So it suits me, really. Sounds so lovely. Mm. Absolutely amazing. I, I, I want to come and buy. You're coming, aren't you? I am. We're, we're both definitely coming because we want to actually come into your space. We just want to see your space and touch all your beautiful things and buy things from you um, but we really allow that. This, yeah we really wanted to do this in person didn't we but it's always timing is is off and things like that we'd have loved to actually come down and physically see you in person yeah absolutely well you've got country living magazine now you can just flick through that and see me yeah that was amazing very quickly before you have to go how did that come about did they did they approach you or were you <coughs> to show my house off uh, good old Instagram. So I was in. Yeah, it's funny. Just the circles you you comment in, and that and and people like, and you like back, and you have little chats. And I think I met a photographer, a lovely photographer called Kathy Pyle, um, and she had seen some of my pictures. Uh, I think on Instagram and said, "Could I come over and have a little chat, possibly with a view to doing something um, with you?" So she came over, but that was a few years ago. And then she said, oh, I, I'd love to take some photos and just pitch it to a few people. And then she got in touch with the lovely Kay uh, from Kinship Creative, who's an amazing stylist and writer. And they both came and yeah, that's, it's sort of, it, it was chatting and, and yeah, I think there was a bit of a story with the workshop and the house as well and how the two kind of overlapped. So it was a lovely way because I left, um, I left that house about, I, I think when we did that photo shot, what you, the photo shoot, what you didn't see was that it was two weeks before I moved. So they were like, <laughs> it was total chaos. And, and as, as the time approached, I went, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I'm meant to be putting everything in boxes, not getting all, all my stuff out. <laughs> um, so yeah, the timing was a little bit crazy, but um, yeah, it was a really lovely thing to do. Now I look back because I've just got all those lovely memories of the house really sort of in magazine form it was it was nice it was a nice thing to be able to do so oh, we're very jealous of all of your possessions and yeah. how lovely your your home looked in it and be yours for a price yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a price i can't afford because i'm going to buy all the paintings <laughs> for me though for me I'm a lot and then i can go out and buy more i mean that's all it you know yeah. it's true you know people say it but I was just getting my retail hit from buying all that stuff mm. you know <laughs> huge thanks to you Caroline for chatting with us we had an absolute ball to find out more about Caroline and her business please head over to cheerfoldflowers.com and to find out where she works pop over to coalyardcreative.com and make sure you go fangirl and show us some love on Insta at cheerfoldflowers. That's it for another week. See you again next Thursday.